Hi, this is Trip Rogers. I'll have Trip's take in just a moment. Hello again, I'm Trip Rogers, and this is Trip's take. The New York football giants have been a running joke in the NFL now for a couple of years, and it's been very tough as a giant fan to really sit there and root for him. Now, one thing I am thankful about is I am living in Georgia. I don't have the NFL Sunday ticket, so my views of Giants games are only ones that are on national TV, such as Monday Night Football, or if they play a team that uh, they put the game here in Georgia. Unfortunately, the wins have been few and far between from those games that I see. Most of the time, the Giants are falling apart. And I kind of wonder where this team is headed. Now, they won the Super Bowl last in 2012. Since that time, they've been in the playoffs once, and that was a first-round flameout against the Green Bay Packers after the short uh, after the short boat trip celebration and pictures that were posted by Odell Beckham Jr. and a couple members of the team. And there were comments that the team was not really focused on that playoff game. They were just happy to make the playoffs. And that led, of course, to the downfall of one Bob McAdoo, who is uh, the coach of the team. But that having been said, I've got to be honest with you. It is tough to build a football team in the salary cap era. And one of the issues that the Giants have faced is bad decisions. Listen, management made bad decisions back in the 60s and 70s. They were warring with each other. The Mara brothers were not speaking and it was at the behest of Pete Rozelle that they hired George Young to run their football franchise in 1979. And George Young turned that team around. Eventually, he hired Bill Parcells. He put the pieces in place, drafted Lawrence Taylor. They had Phil Simms. And that team went to the Super Bowl for the first time in 1987. And those were the glory days of the Giants. Young stepped down. Ernie Corsi took over. And Corsi was the one who pulled off the trade for Eli Manning, and the team went to two more Super Bowls. Jerry Reese inherited the job from Ernie Acorsi, won one Super Bowl, but Reese started to make some questionable calls, and one of the biggest questionable calls, I think, was letting Tom Coughlin go when they did. He was not ready to go. He did not need to go, but they let him go. They were afraid of losing McAdoo, who was viewed as an offensive genius. McAdoo's team was upgraded on defense with a lot of uh, free agents, and the team went to the playoffs. And then the second year, the team fell apart. And you'll recall that ill-fated decision to bench Eli Manning after his consecutive, for his, he had a consecutive streak of starts, to bench him in favor of Geno Smith. That threw the franchise's fans into an uproar. Geno Smith, you'll recall, had been with the New York Jets. We knew what he could do. What about Davis Webb? Put him as the starter. Well, the story goes that Geno Smith was only going to start the one game against the Raiders. Bob McAdoo felt he needed to give him, uh, it needed Davis Webb a little more time, and then Webb was going to start the rest of the season. But that didn't happen. That performance in Los An- or in Oakland was so bad that the Giants acted and fired McAdoo and Reese right away. That was it. And then we get Dave Gettleman. Dave Gettleman hired Pat Shermer as a coach. Now, 
The problem I had with Shermer was I wasn't really in love with him in hiring him, but he was okay. The problem was Dave Gettleman's modus operandi was to build an offensive line. Well, his picks on offense have not done it. They have been terrible. In fact, we've been dying as Giant fans for him to draft offensive linemen, and he doesn't do that. We also drafted, begged for him to trade down, make some trades, pick up some draft choices. He wouldn't do that either. So we had Pat Shermer come in, and the Giants drafted Daniel Jones. They took him number six overall. They were afraid somebody was going to get them before their second pick in the draft at 17 that year. And my comment was, why? If you're going to keep Eli, why are you drafting a quarterback six? Because the pressure is going to be on very strongly. And what happened? The Giants got off to an 0-2 start. The wide receiver core was decimated, and Eli was made the scapegoat and sent to the bench. And Daniel Jones started. That, to me, was the ultimate insult and the ultimate stupid decision that could have been made. If you remember, when Eli came in, Kurt Warner was the quarterback. He started nine games. The Giants were 5-4. and four. And it was at that point that Tom Coughlin said, all right, Eli, you're going to start. Warner goes to the bench. It was an understood fact that that would happen at some point in the season. Well, the Giants finished 6-10 that year, but Eli got some seasoning and got some tutelage from Warner. Well... Eli was not in the mood to tutor Daniel Jones, especially after two losses and being pulled as starting quarterback. My biggest issue with Dave Gettleman was, if you were going to draft a quarterback that high, why are you keeping Eli? If you're going to keep Eli, you had better start him a majority of the season. Like the Kansas City Chiefs did when they drafted Patrick Mahomes. Like the Green Bay Packers did when they drafted Aaron Rodgers. He sat for a couple of years behind Brett Favre. This did not make sense, but this was the act of a coach who was desperate. Shermer was hearing the rumors. The team did not respond. Daniel Jones did not play. Well, he ended up getting hurt. Eli started a game, won a game. That was the appropriate send-off for Eli. But at the end of the season, they set Pat Shermer packing. Now, the Giants did want Matt Rule to be their coach and had scheduled an interview with him before Rule decided to take the millions of dollars that were being offered by Carolina, and we get Joe Judge. Now, I am not debating the pros and cons of hiring Joe Judge. I thought it would be interesting to see if he can develop. He came from the Belichick coaching tree, and the results were positive. The players seemed to like him, and, and I thought he would be a good guy. But last year's performance, well, they were still in it, but again, it was the NFC East last year, and the Giants did not do well down the stretch. They controlled their own destiny, and they really kind of blew it. Daniel Jones got hurt again. Colt McCoy came in as quarterback, and he was serviceable as a backup quarterback. In the NFL, you've got to have two decent quarterbacks. Your backup, you know, maybe could be a starter for another team, but you need a decent quarterback. Well, in the offseason, they say, hey, let's get Mike Lennon. He's cheaper than Colt McCoy. And we have Daniel Jones. And let's get a bunch of wide receivers. And so they go and get Kenny Galladay in free agency. John Ross in free agency. Then the Giants in the draft trade back. They trade with Chicago. And I was like, yes, yes, I love that. Trade back. Get an offensive or defensive lineman at 20. Yes. And they drafted another wide receiver. Kadarius Toney may be a prolific talent, but from what we've seen so far, he has not done well. 
and the Giants continued to ignore their basic problem building an offensive line. And once again, the offensive line is what's killing them. Now, people were calling for offensive coordinator Jason Garrett's head since he got here. He was hired, and, and Judge was kind of, it was kind of forced upon Jones when he couldn't get uh, the guy he wanted to come with him. Uh, and I didn't have a problem with Jason Garrett as an offensive coordinator. The problem was the Giants' offensive line stunk. Daniel Jones injured again, and he was out for a couple of games. Glennon came in. He was awful. And now we have the situation where Glennon was awful. They picked up Jake Fromm as a free agent off the, off the uh, practice squad of the Buffalo Bills. He was awful in his first start. We had Glennon again. And then we had the debacle uh, last Sunday in Chicago. Minus 10 yards passing. Just when I thought this offense couldn't do worse, they did. Now, on the positive side... First 100-yard game for one, uh, and, and a quarterback, and, and a, excuse me, a running back that I endorsed them picking, I endorsed them taking him as high as they did. Saquon Barkley, I thought, was a generational talent, but again, you got to build an offensive line. He has had some injury issues, and, and that has to be addressed, but that's the case with running backs. If he can't, if he has no holes to run through, he's going to get hit a lot, but a 100-yard game for Saquon, and that's a positive. I, I like that. But here we are. Now, the rumors are that the Giants are going to send Dave Gettleman out to pasture. He is going to retire from the team. They'll get a new GM. Judge supposedly is safe, and Daniel Jones is safe. Now, Daniel Jones is coming up on his fifth year. And people are saying, that's usually you you kind of extend a quarterback at that point. But I don't see enough from Daniel Jones to think they should extend him. At this point, let him play the fifth season. It may cost you money in the long run, but... Based on the play, on the work we've had in four years, I don't think so. Get some offensive linemen. But the question is now, do you bring Joe Judge back? And the problem with Joe Judge right now is Sunday's game really did not show me anything. In fact, it was a regression. And this team is awful. And I think Joe Judge trying to, you know, put a positive spin on everything, not helping. I think the Giants have got to do a complete rebuild, and it comes down to ownership. John Mara has got to take the reins and has got to realize we need to rebuild from the inside out of this organization. We made some big mistakes. We've got to do a total rebuild, and that's what he's going to have to do. He's going to have to hire a general manager, go outside of the building, and they're going to have to revamp. And as much as I said, I'd like to keep Joe Judge because we got to stop firing coaches every two seasons. I think last Sunday's performance kind of sealed the deal. It's kind of ironic that the news came out this week, reported by Boomer Esiason, that Mac Nagy, who is the coach of the Bears, and they won last week, um, is done as coach in Chicago. They had a lot of high expectations there. And, and supposedly he is done at the end of the season. But Joe Judge is still supposedly going to have another year. As a Giant fan, I just kind of sit there and shake my head. And it's funny because I, I live in an area that there are a lot of transplanted New Yorkers and people who are Giants fans, and they all say the same thing. We got to get an offensive line. We got to get some people on that offensive line. The problem is the choices we've made are going to haunt us. And the problem is we are now paying out 
big salaries. When you pay out big salary to a wide receiver that was, well, an injury problem when he was with Detroit, you get what you're, and he's been an injury problem here. What do you expect? When you waste a first round pick on a wide receiver, who's a problem? And we knew he would be. That's not good. The Giants need a total rebuild. It's time to start fresh. And unfortunately, Joe Judge, I think your time as New York Giants coach is just about over. That performance Sunday sealed the deal. You don't deserve a third season. The team is not playing well. The team needs some new blood. And it pains me to say that because I remember the glory days of the Giants. The Giants have given me a lot of joy and a lot of heartache over the years. That's what rooting in sports does for you. I'm still a Giant fan. I always will be. I'll never change. Although, again, I watch more Falcons games now and I watch more Georgia football than I ever thought I would because, let's face it, you know, <laughs> I'm down in the South and I'm down in Georgia and this is college football territory. And, of course, the Georgia Bulldogs are playing for the national championships against Alabama on Monday night. And I will say this, and I said it on our podcast for the Fantasy Sultans, I think Georgia's going to win this game. I think they had their wake-up call in the SEC championship game when Alabama smoked them. Georgia was playing with the swagger, and they thought they were unbeatable. But then Nick Saban came up with a plan to beat them. I think that was good for the team. They came out against Michigan and played very well. I think they do the same on Monday night. However, I talked to my resident Georgia Bulldog fans, fanatics, both my bosses, Jerry at uh, Q105.3 and uh, Mike Finn at Best Buy, and they both said the same thing. Georgia's got to score early. Georgia's got to get on top. They cannot play catch-up. If they get two touchdowns down, they're in trouble. But if they can hang in there and hang in with the lead to the fourth quarter, I think that's going to be good. If Alabama can jump out early, it's going to be a long night for the Bulldog fans. So I'll close with Go Dogs! And that's Trip's Take, the first one for 2022 for January the 6th. 2022. Love to hear your comments and questions about my podcast. Just email tripstake at gmail.com. Fantasy football players, we're still going along. Fantasy Sultans podcast with Mike Sheck, also available on podcast host Anchor, Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeart, and other podcast hosts. Hey, if you like the music of the 60s, 70s, and 80s, you can listen to WTRSradio.com online. We are now on Live 365, so you can find us there. Join us again next week. For now, Trip Rogers. Thanks for listening. Make it a great one. Go dogs.